the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Okay, hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Zeggers tuning in live. Just kidding. This is recorded on Sunday. (laughs) I just got back from church. We're coming at you live on Sunday. Going to be posted on Monday, but I'm in a hotel in South Carolina. It's been pretty fun. I had a little adventurous morning because I... I'm always on the road. And so then I can't go to my usual church routine. And that ends up being an excuse of like a why I haven't been to church in a month and a half. And so I've decided to make more of an effort, even if I'm on the road to find a service. That being said, it's always interesting to see how different churches operate, isn't it? Isn't it fellow Christians that may be uh, curious as to other churches and how they operate? Quite strange, quite strange, always interesting. Um, Good learning opportunity though. But then I went to Waffle House and it was amazing. Um, Speaking of which, have you ever looked at the ingredients list on the Waffle House package of butter? Because first of all, it's not butter. It's labeled as whipped spread. That alone should make you concerned. (laughs) Nothing on this package even says butter. Um, But it came with my chocolate chip waffle because I love to get the hash brown bowl and then a waffle. And what do you know, my little Waffle House whipped spread package came. So of course I had to take a picture and say, I need to tell everybody about this. This is the ingredients list. It takes up half of the top label of the Waffle House whipped spread package. It says water, liquid and hydrogenated soybean oil, palm oil, contains less than 2% of salt, vegetable, mono and diglycerides, pectin, sodium alginate, potassium sorbate, a preservative, natural and artificial flavors. Oh, we talked about that one. What happens when they hide things under the term artificial flavor? A concerning thing. Citric acid, calcium disodium, EDTA, E-D-T-A, added to protect flavor, beta carotene for color, (laughs) vitamin A, palmitate, and whey. Delicious. A delicious whipped spread that is not butter. Needless to say, I'm bringing butter next time I go to Waffle House because I want to sit and enjoy my waffle, gosh darn it. But I'm about to go hang out with Graham again. Uh, I'm in South Carolina because his Dear America Foundation had an awesome fundraiser at a the sawmill training complex. And so it was a really cool place. There was four stations. John Root is here from Turning Point. I got to hang out with him and um, a few of my friends are also here as well. And so we had a great time. We stayed at the range. They have like these barracks. And so I got my own little barrack room when we were there. And now I'm in the hotel in South Carolina, kind of touring the area. But we're going to hang out for a few more days. And then I'm driving out to North Carolina because I'm speaking in Wilmington at a sportsman's banquet. So I'm pretty excited. And if you're in Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, I've posted the link on my socials a little bit. And then if you I want to message me and go to this, or if you're near the area and want to attend. I think the tickets are still for sale. It's me speaking. It's Sheriff Lamb from Arizona speaking, and it's Madison Cawthorn speaking, the congressman from North Carolina. So uh, it's a good roundup. It's a good little lineup we got there. I'm pretty excited, and I'll drive over to that in a few days. But yeah, I went to church, and it was interesting. Uh, it was—I don't know how to describe this, you guys. It. 
I go to cowboy church, right? And so at my church, it's like a lesson. There's um, a talk, but the music there is also just a vibe, right? Like there's a guy up front. There's no speakers or anything other than your microphone, but there's like a guitar. Somebody's playing a fiddle and somebody's got a harmonica and they're playing like Johnny Cash gospel music. <laughs> and so, so for me, it's like everything I want in an experience for something like that. And then when I go to like a young hip church, I'm like, what the heck is this? What in tarnation? <laughs> so I'm just always like thrown off whenever I go see it because I'm like, oh, wow, interesting and different experience from mine. But hey, it's nice to see them. So with that being said, we have a lot of topics to get into. Let's get on into the news of the day. What a wonderful way to start the week. Woo! All right, before we go into the first topic, which is a good one, I just want to let you know, if you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work of Patriot Mobile, the work they did in multiple school districts in Texas. If you guys look into this, it's kind of crazy. The left is losing their minds, so definitely Google that. Patriot Mobile is America's only conservative Christian mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and you guys, they're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Let's stop supporting the people that hate us. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Morgan. Yeah, that's right. Slash Morgan or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Morgan. Free activation. That's so exciting. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join the movement, make the switch today, and a difference tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Morgan. PatriotMobile.com slash Morgan. Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. All right, let's go. So I figured we'd actually touch on a topic that we discussed last episode that really grinded my gears, okay? Right as we were starting to record, a story popped open that I had to discuss, and it was the headline that the first openly trans officer was charged in a plot to give U.S. military medical information to Russia. Wow! What a thrill. This is from Breaking911.com. It says, Baltimore, Maryland, a federal grand jury has returned an indictment charging Anna Gabriellen, age 36, and her husband, Jamie Lee Henry, age 39, both of Rockville, Maryland, with conspiracy and for the disclosure of individually identifiable health information, IIHI, related to the efforts of them to assist Russia in connection with the conflict in Ukraine. Legit, a trans Russian spy. Who could have thought? The indictment was returned on September 28th, 2022, and unsealed today upon the arrest of the defendants. So that's right. It says that a husband and wife were arrested, right, for literal, like, treason. They were working with Russia against America, getting private health information of our military members to Russia. So it's kind of a nice way to hide that, right, when you're first looking at the descriptions. And that's what's happening a lot. But the people that are based enough to call a fact a fact are the ones who are saying a trans person, the first openly trans person, trans army officer, is the one who is doing this. And so we'll, we'll get into that, but let me read a little bit more. It says, Gabriellen is scheduled to have initial appearance at 11.30 a.m. This was when the article was first written in U.S. District Court in Baltimore before the U.S. magistrate judge. 
Henry is also expected to have an initial appearance today, although a time has not been set. It says, during the time of the alleged conspiracy, Henry worked as a staff internist stationed at Fort Bragg, the home of the armies, <laughs> the home of the headquarters of the United States Army Special Operations Command. <laughs> Sorry. According to the eight-count indictment, Gabrielle and Henry conspired to cause harm to the United States by providing confidential health information of Americans associated with the U.S. government and military to Russia. Specifically, the indictment alleges that beginning on August 17th, Gabrielle and Henry conspired to provide IIHI related to patients at Medical Institution One and at Fort Bragg to an individual they believed to be working for the Russian government in order to demonstrate the level of Gabrielle and Henry's access to this health information of Americans. So they were tricked by somebody who is posing as a representative from the Russian government, but it was really like a person from the U.S. law enforcement or whatever, pretending to be a guy from Russia. And he said, to prove your loyalty, to prove the fact that you have access to this important information that we want from you, we're going to make you provide us X, Y, Z. So it was like a test. So it continues to say that it also helped them prove their willingness to provide this information to the Russian government and the potential for the Russian government to gain insights into the medical conditions of individuals associated with the U.S. government and military in order to exploit this information. They met with an individual they believed to be associated with the Russian government, but who was in fact an FBI undercover agent in order to convey to the U.C., their commitment to aid Russia, and to discuss ways in which they could help the Russian government. What the heck? Okay, it goes on and on and on. But the point that I want to make and that people are making in a very plain way, it should not be bad to say this, but if you are mentally ill, and we talked about this on the last episode, if you are mentally ill, you should not be given security clearance. You should not be given access to this very, very, fragile information. And that's the bottom line. If you're trans, you have mental issues that need to be solved and you should not be serving your country with very important information trusted to you. It's just very basic. The fact that we're so PC now, we have to just believe whatever somebody says about themselves, that they weren't born in the right body or whatever, the ratio of people that have actual gender dysphoria compared to the people that are just riding this weird political woke wave and now identifying as a member of the LGBTQIA plus mafia, very, very big difference between the legitimate issues and the fact that somebody maybe just needs to be in a mental institution because they're crazy. No matter what though, I'll say this any day of the week. If you have such severe mental issues like that, you should never be trusted with something like a security clearance because you're not trustworthy. And I said this perhaps on the last episode that I won't do business with people that I know are uh, broken on the inside. Of course, we should give them grace. Of course, we should work to support them and give them light and guide them to a better path always. But if I know you're cheating on your significant other, if I know that you are doing XYZ behind closed doors, I am not interested, first of all, in being close with you in that way. Of course, I'm not going to abandon someone because I, I do think that there's room for helping them. And I don't think you should abandon your friends, right? But I just am not interested in associating with them professionally because I don't trust where their mind's at. 
I don't trust their ability to discern, to, to bring wisdom to a situation, to be able to, to bring a moral code to their decision-making both personally and professionally. So I think we need to be honest about like, yeah, if you can't make personal decisions for yourself and if you're struggling about who you are on the inside in such a fundamental way as saying that you're in the wrong body, then perhaps your mental state is not proper for a very important role in the U.S. government. And you know what? This all goes back to a book that I've told you guys to buy. If you haven't yet, what the heck are you doing? Age of Entitlement by Christopher Caldwell. One of the main points of the book is how when we passed the Civil Rights Amendment, it then turned our government into a structure of litigation, leading by litigation, not by legislation. What does that mean? It means that now when the left can't get what they want politically because they're crazy and woke and they would never be able to convince the voters to vote for some of the radical things that they want and they would never be able to win a majority and by that I mean the votes necessary to pass some of the radical legislation that they have Instead, they decided, wait, we could dedicate resources not to trying to win these campaigns because we're never going to win them, but instead to lawsuits. And so you have millions and millions of dollars in organizations and movements that literally just sue people on behalf of a violation of the Civil Rights Amendment. Does that make sense? So a good example would be the baker, that a guy literally just has a bakery, he's Christian, and he's not going to bake a cake a couple that is getting married that's gay because he fundamentally just disagrees with it. You should not have to force someone in America to bake a cake for you. The government should never force someone to bake a cake for you. The idea that we live in a society of force just to make someone else feel better if their feelings are hurt because they wanted that baker to bake them the cake is very concerning. Because what, are you going to arrest the guy? Are you going to find the guy? No, what they've realized is they could just wear you down. They could just make you spend millions of dollars in self-defense, lawsuits, in, in legal, legal fees, all of these. It's very intimidating. And so they threaten suing people on the foundation of civil rights, a violation of civil rights. Most recently, I was looking and I was really disturbed by this. Perhaps I'll try and find the story for next episode on Wednesday. But I just saw a story about how a gay couple is now suing the government saying that they deserve the ability to rent a woman's womb and they deserve access to a woman's womb because denying them the ability to have children just because they're two gay men is a violation of the Civil Rights Amendment. Now, was it a situation where they were told that, hey, in your situation, you're legally not allowed to have a kid because you're gay and we're going to discriminate against you? No. That would be actual direct discrimination, and they could probably make a case for that. But instead, they're just saying, well, we don't have a uterus between the two of us, and so you can't stop us from using someone else's uterus. And one of the most important points I saw from this is, wow, this is really Handmaid's Tale-esque. The Handmaid's Tale is more aligned with the radical views of the left than it is of the right. And I'll tell you what, when I did a little digging into socialism and into the rise of American socialists a few years ago, I found this awesome investigation that was done by, who was it? Um, I can't remember who it is, but I'll try and link it if I can find it. But he was really, really cool. Inez. Oh, Stepman. Jarrett Stepman. And then his wife is Inez. Jarrett Stepman went to a socialist conference a few years ago before COVID hit. And 
he just documented what these crazy people were saying at their conference. And one of them was talking about um, because of these, you know, woke issues, because of the LGBT community, all this stuff, because of climate change, all of these uh, oppressive factors. One of the things they have to focus on is creating a surrogacy program. What? A surrogacy program, all with the intention of empowering women, freeing them from the chains of having to bear their own children. They said that it's oppressive to force a woman to have to be the one to bear the child. And so instead, they should create a surrogacy program where women are designated as the specific bearers of children, and then the rest of the women can be free. I was like, what? Do you realize what you're just saying? You guys are the ones that if we just say we don't want you to kill innocent babies in the womb, you all show up in your red handmade tail cloaks and act like we are going to control women's bodies when in reality you're advocating for the empowerment of some women in exchange for creating an entire population of surrogate women, you absolute psychos. So, and again, all based on the, what this civil rights of, of individuals, a part of the left empowering them, but they believe in the end justifies the means. And so, Hey, if you've got to oppress some women and turn them into surrogates, who can bear the children of the rest of the population also that all the other women can be free, then I guess it's worth it for them. I don't know. So like that, that gay couple story of them suing on the basis of civil rights violation. Then you have the socialists saying they want a surrogacy program to fully empower women and allow them to stay in the workforce. And then you'd bring it back to this where you have openly trans people in the military. And in reality, we're not even allowed to say anymore without being criticized that these people have serious mental issues if they really do think that they can change their sex, their gender, whatever, okay? It shouldn't be allowed. That's my that's my thought on that. The other aspect of this is I kind of like how people are calling it out finally. Like it's been this weird, silent PC culture for way too long of we we can't tell them that something's not right up there and we get criticized if we do. Well, you know what? I like this mentality. It's kind of like the meme you guys, did you see the meme of the goth girl? Do you know the trad woman meme where she's in like the blonde hair and the blue dress? There was a meme between her, the trad woman, and um, a goth girl. And the goth girl's crying about how she can't teach elementary kids about like sexuality and gender studies in the classroom. And then it shows the the trad wife girl and she's replying, you belong in a mental institution. <laughs> and so it's just being very basic and, and upfront with them and about our values and our beliefs, telling them like, we're not going to allow you to dominate society anymore. This cannot happen anymore. We're going to continue to go down this path until somebody puts an end to it. And I, I think that's what's happening now. Same thing. Take that mentality into issues like the hurricane where we're seeing this rise in crime, we're hearing about how everybody's concerned about the looting that might be happening down in Florida post-hurricane, because after people lose everything and their homes are torn apart and their their objects are everywhere, even if their homes are not exactly torn apart, but the neighborhoods have been abandoned for now because everybody fled, you have a ton of looters. And so Ron DeSantis and a lot of people, there were viral signs of people with signs out in the neighborhood, there were viral social posts of people with signs out in the neighborhood that said like, loot here, die here. And you know what? I liked it. I like that we're getting more confident with just saying who we are, saying what we believe and saying what we're going to do if our rights, if our values are threatened anymore by this totalitarian regime that's transcended just politics and government and has gone into big tech, has gone into media, has gone into pop culture and every other institution in the nation. 
Now, cutting in quick before we move on to the next topic to let you guys know that you've all helped to build my pillow into the incredible company that it is today and have trusted Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of this special exclusively for my listeners with code Morgan on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set too, okay? And you guys, I have the towels. I dig them a lot, okay? They're very cozy. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, and it typically retails for $49.99, but with code MORGAN, you can get this three-piece towel set for as low as $19.98. Okay, use code MORGAN, 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 MORGAN. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There is a limited supply, so order now. Call 1-800-738-8374, promo code MORGAN, or go to MyPillow.com, click the radio listener square, and use promo code MORGAN. And like I said, I use these towels. I love them. I miss them. They're down in Texas. Okay, speaking of how we need to be more confident with sharing our values in this era of totalitarianism where the left shouts us down, removes us from the public square, blocks us on social media from reaching anybody, or just freaking attacks us politically and now with the entire executive branch's bureaucratic institution, it's really, really concerning, right? I mean, uh, who's going to get raided by the FBI next? Maybe me. They'll find nothing. (laughs) But you just never know these days. They might come after little Morgan, little MZ. Now, What I really, really want to impress on you guys is the fact that none of this could happen without the help of the dangerous sheeple out there. And what I mean by that is if you are an easily manipulated person, you're pretty dangerous. I want somebody who's stable. I want somebody who is knowledgeable, who's well-read, who can discern between right and wrong, good versus evil, isn't swayed like the wind, like the people that we see today in our country. And unfortunately, we saw in our nation during COVID just how many sheeple really exist, just how many people truly have their heads in the sand or were able to not just like kind of hide away from it, but instead joined in. I mean, it's sickening. One thing that I really was shocked by was when the study came out that over 50% of Democrats supported things like the vaccine mandate, supported keeping unvaccinated people out of the public square, out of society, like punishing people for not complying with these forceful tactics of the left was something that we knew the science was already a little sketchy on, but now we know for sure is definitely not something that's worth getting. So... With that being said, that's why I like to say that sheeple are dangerous. No regime in history can survive without the sheeple propping it up and helping it continue. And what do I mean by sheeple? I mean people like this. We are going to look at a video right now of actress Jennifer Gibson saying that she can't move one side of her face because of the vaccine. But get this, she says she would do it again. Oh, this is not a video I want to make. Um, and it's kind of hard to make because as I'm watching myself, I see um, what I'm going to say, which is I have been diagnosed with Bell's palsy, which is paralysis on one side of the face. For me, it's uh, this side here, the left, obviously. Um, so I got it about two weeks after getting my vaccine. And I had a rough go with the vaccine, um, and I guess still am. But I have to say that I would do it again because it's what we have to do to see people. So um, I don't know why I'm making this video, but 
Here's my word smile. Oh my god. God. <laughs> I cannot I cannot express to you enough of like I am not dramatizing this when I say literally only half of her face is moving and she's saying that she would do it again because it's the only way we could possibly see each other. We have to do this for the good of society. There's no getting to this woman that she just made a terrible mistake. There is no getting to her. And so I truly see this as one of the most dangerous things facing the future of our country is how many people like her exist out there because they will continue to allow this. We always look at things like the horrors of history in the 20th century and we say, how could that have happened? How could that have happened? And I look at a woman like her and I go, that's how. That is truly how. Now, another thing to this, there's a book, I think it's called Ordinary Men. I can't remember the author, but I guess this guy looked back into the origins of Nazi Germany to really see like, how did they get normal humans to eventually be able to commit genocide? And it's a really good book. I have it. It's an easy order on Amazon if you guys want to check it out. But when we see people who are truly so blind to reality as this, as Jennifer Gibson, where her health will never be the same. She can't move half of her face. She will always look this different now compared to what she looked like before she took this experimental vaccine that she believes should be forced onto other people as well. And she still, in her heart, is like, yep, I would do it again. That's scary. Downright scary. Now, playing off of that, I want to show you a really interesting clip. This is a teacher. A teacher in New York City is refusing the vaccine. But then it flashes to what Bill de Blasio, nasty Bill de Blasio, the former mayor, was saying. And it's a good reminder that they didn't just believe in the vaccine so much that they really thought it was going to help people. And that's why they wanted everyone to take it. That's why they wanted to force it onto people with a mandate. No, no, no. They wanted to remove people's ability to provide for themselves. They wanted to take away people's jobs because it puts them in a tight position where, yeah, you technically have a choice, right? a choice between taking the vaccine and keeping your job or not taking the vaccine and losing your ability to provide for yourself potentially. If you, it might be hard to get another job because everybody's requiring a vaccine right now, right? So you technically have a choice according to these tyrants, but in reality, you don't. This is force. This is force and it is manipulation propaganda to even try to sell the fact that we had a choice in this. But here's a teacher followed by Bill de Blasio and a great example of force versus choice in America. As it stands, 3% of New York City teachers are unvaccinated, including Bronx history teacher Stephanie Edmonds. I will not be coerced into putting something into my body that does not fall in line with my religious faith. Mayor de Blasio says there are thousands of substitute teachers waiting in the wings to take their spots. As for positions like cafeteria cooks and safety agents that are harder to replace. I think you're going to see people start to come back when they actually experience not having a paycheck. Like, truly, what a sicko. First of all, he's like, fine, we'll just replace you. There's plenty of people waiting to replace you. You won't be missed. But then he goes into, okay, well, even if we do have a shortage of supplies or of supply of teachers, guess what? They're probably going to want to come back soon because it's going to be hard to put food on the table. You absolute sicko. People like this should be nowhere near political office, if you ask me. That's why I look at I look at flat earthers of economics like socialists who can look at two dozen examples of socialism failing throughout human history and say, 
let's try it one more time because it might work in America. It'll be different this time. I look at them and I say, you know what? You are an idiot if you can't see this yet. And you should be as far away from political power as physically possible. And then I look at somebody like this to Bill de Blasio, who says, I'm going to give people the illusion of choice. But in reality, I know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm forcing people into making a certain decision. I'm saying there's a choice. But really, if you don't pick A, you're not going to be able to eat in a few months. I look at that and I say they should be as far away from political power as possible. Anybody who believes in force, whether it's coercion or straight up physical force, I will do what it takes to make sure that they are not in political power in a higher level. COVID was a good test for us. If any politicians on the left try and campaign to get back in powers, if they didn't just do this to us for the last three years, that's an easy sell to voters, I believe. But here's the thing. I'm thinking more like the GOP. If you are a Republican running for office for reelection or for a higher office because you were in office during COVID, and you did not do everything you possibly could to prevent tyranny, to prevent force from happening. So basically the standard of Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis protected his people from the federal vaccine mandate. Ron DeSantis did everything he could to prevent the federal government's tyranny from affecting his people. He protected their rights in every way he could. He did what state-level leaders are supposed to in our system of federalism, where the state powers check the federal government. And if you were in office and you didn't do that, then I will never support that. I will never vote for you if you run for a higher position. If you were a governor or a state-level officer or whatever it was, and you're trying to run for president in the future, I will judge you based on how you reacted during COVID. That's the bottom line. So if you don't reach that requirement for me, then I'm not interested in hearing any of your talking points now, because I know that when the rubber meets the road, when things do get tough, when our values are challenged, when our rights are challenged, did you stand up? Will you stand up again? Probably not. No, 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 no. All right, next one. We have some hurricane updates. There's a ton of things we could say about the hurricane, right? Right now we're in the, the cleanup phase. And so, like I said earlier, we're seeing a lot of those signs go viral of loot here, die here, stuff like that. I think that's important to be confident. Ron DeSantis came out saying this. The other thing that we're concerned about, particularly in those areas that were really hard hit, is you know we want to main- make sure we're maintaining law and order. Uh, don't even think about looting. Don't even think about taking advantage of people in this vulnerable uh, situation. And so local law enforcement is involved in, 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 in monitoring that. You know, I told Kevin if the state needs to help as well, uh, because you, know, you can have people you know, bringing boats into some of these islands and trying to ransack people's homes. Um, I can tell you in the state of Florida, uh, you never know what may be lurking behind somebody's home. And I would not want to chance that if I were you, given that we're a Second Amendment state. (laughs) Okay, so that's the cool thing. He said we're a Second Amendment state. He basically says, don't try it here. Don't even try it here. Don't think about it. Uh, That's the kind of leadership we need. Now, vice versa, we can look at how Kamala Harris, our vice president, one heartbeat away from becoming president of the United States, chosen by President Biden because she's a woman of color and he admitted it to the entire world. Uh, This is what she just said. It is our um, lowest income communities and our communities of color that are most impacted by these extreme conditions and and impacted by by issues that are not of their own making. And so we... Absolutely. And so we have to address this in a way that is about 
giving resources based on equity, understanding that we, we fight for equality, but we also need to fight for equity, understanding not everyone starts out at the same place. And if we want people to be in an equal place, sometimes we have to take into account those disparities um, and, and do that work. Uh, you guys, you guys, you guys. So uh, Kamala says that we need to keep equity in mind when giving out relief for a hurricane, saying that giving resources based on equity will happen by directing funds to communities of color. It's really unfortunate. Now, there's a few layers to this because this is a good example of why politics is so dangerous when it's hyped up with inflammatory, divisive rhetoric. What do I mean by that? I mean, for years, we've been honestly laughing at the left and then we got a little more serious with it and we said, this is really dangerous. We we were criticizing their constant divisive rhetoric, the language they were using to divide America based on race, to bring race into every conversation. And we would say that it was just really for campaign tactics, right? It's like it's campaign season. They're getting aggressive. Black Lives Matter. They literally popped up in 2016, then 2020, only during election years. And we were criticizing the left for doing this, but now it's moved beyond just spicy political rhetoric to rally up the base or piss people off about a certain candidate or get them to be upset about a certain bill. Instead, now we're seeing the repercussions of what happens when woke politics, race politics, transitions from just mere political rhetoric on the campaign trail now into political office, political power, and the divvying up of resources and support. So we see that in a lot of ways, but this is a direct admission by the vice president of the United States. They're looking at a hurricane hitting an entire state, devastating entire communities, and they're saying already, a day after, hey, we're evaluating how we're going to give out funds based on the races of the people. You're, the support that you get after your home was just devastated by a hurricane, a natural disaster, will be dependent on what you look like on the outside. How ridiculous is that? How disgusting is that? Because that's the state of the country right now, where the vice president can say something like that, and nobody flinches. Nobody's really talking about it except for the the normal people on the right in politics that are saying that this is ridiculous as usual. But the fact that this is normal political talk for her to be like, well, of course, you know, we have to keep equity in mind. We need to be directing funds to communities of color because they struggle more than the white people. What if you're a white person and your house gets completely torn up and blown away by a hurricane? And if you're a black person, and your house is completely torn up and blown away by a hurricane. What's the difference? I truly don't know at that point. So. It's really, really gross to me that this has become normalized political rhetoric. And the fact that this, this is like the least political thing you could think of. But the left politicized the relationship between Biden and DeSantis before the hurricane even got here. They politicized DeSantis and the people of Florida as it was happening, saying, well, maybe they deserve it. They aren't really in favor of fighting climate change, all this stuff. And now they're politicizing the relief, the response to the hurricane after it already hit and devastated people. People are dead. And you have the Biden administration publicly saying in a very calm, cool fashion, they're going to be focusing on race when they hand out relief. It's really, really sad to see. Now, speaking of race issues and saying dumb things, we also have Nancy Pelosi, our lovely House of Representatives speaker, the Speaker of the House. She is second in line. So if Biden dies, it would be Kamala as president, Nancy Pelosi as vice president. Can you imagine that? I'm honestly surprised they haven't done this by the midterms because, 
Nancy Pelosi won't be Speaker of the House after she loses in the midterms, uh, unless the elections are a complete sham. But I'm surprised because I figured that they would maybe want to have like Kamala Harris be the first black woman president and the first woman president. And then Nancy Pelosi could be vice president. And then they could be like the power women that are in the White House. I was honestly assuming that that was eventually going to happen between 2021 and 2022. But I guess not. It's almost. Oh, it is October. Um, So Nancy Pelosi just went viral for her comment on how we need illegals to come pick our crops. And apparently she hears that from Florida farmers. Let's listen to this one. The fact is, is that uh, we have a responsibility to secure our border. We also have a responsibility to recognize the importance of newcomers to our nation. Right now, the best thing that we can do for our economy is to have comprehensive immigration reform. We have a shortage of workers in our country. And you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. But that doesn't mean that we don't recognize our moral responsibility as well. Uh, Okay, so she claims that she talks to farmers in the South who are mad that the illegal immigrants are getting shipped up north because they need people to work in their fields and pick the crops. Um, I've never heard that one before. I mean, if you guys didn't know this, it is a common thing in agricultural communities that there are, you know, quite a few illegal immigrants that are working on the farms. And the whole issue of, of immigration can get a little sticky in terms of what documents they're using to get here, what work visas, et cetera. And sometimes they run out. So that's a legitimate issue for a lot of farms across the country. But you certainly don't hear swaths of farmers in the South saying, we need those, we need those immigrants to stay down here because we need someone to pick our crops. That's not something you hear. So when Nancy Pelosi, a white limousine liberal talks like that, it's no wonder that you see historically Democrat communities in Texas and Florida flip to Republican for the first time, like in Myra Flores's example, for the first time in over 100 years. Now they have Myra Flores, a female Republican who immigrated here from Mexico. And she has an amazing story. She says, she, I think she like came when she was six. She was working in fields when she was very, very young. And now she's a congresswoman, a mother of I think three or four kids. She's the wife of a border patrol agent. She's amazing. She's conservative. She's very deeply Christian. And she's a Republican representative. And those are the values of the people that come from the South into the United States. For the most part, Hispanic communities are conservative. They're pro-family, pro-God, pro-country, and they just want to build a good life here. And so uh, it's really unfortunate that the people that work so hard to get here are belittled. Their, Their process is belittled and they wait for so long. And in reality, hey, everybody's just walking across the border now and being provided for by the U.S. government because our leaders have clearly communicated that we will take care of the people that come here. And so it creates an incentive for people to just come illegally. And our system is so broken that nobody really wants to do it like Myra and her family did when they sacrificed so much to do it the the right way. Last video I want to show you guys. It's just a funny video. I love um, Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, and he's always... I don't know how to do it. He always uses really funny phrases and sayings in his speeches, in his news segments. And he just came out, (laughs) he just came out with this, um, 
campaign ad and I just wanted to play it for you and then I'll let you go. But it was really nice talking to you guys. I'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, have a nice time. Violent crime is surging in Louisiana. Woke leaders blame the police. I blame the criminals. A mom should not have to look over her shoulder when she's pumping gas. I voted against the early release of violent criminals and I opposed defunding the police. Look, if you hate cops just because of the cops, the next time you get in trouble, call a crackhead. I'm John Kennedy, and I approve this message. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.